0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right. Uh, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And also, I'm going to start in First John chapter 5. If you, I, we're going to park most of our time in Luke chapter 11. Um, I want to start. just felt a few minutes ago that we need to start here in First John 5. You can turn there or you can just listen. Uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may hopefully kind of, no, no, no. That you, am I, are you guys hearing a buzz? Is that driving you as crazy as it, it's driving me crazy? Good. Should I keep going or should I switch mics? Am I good? Okay. That you may know. Ha <laughs> ha. That is awful. That is awful. Oh my golly. We just had this huge discussion staff meeting last week about distracting Corey when he preaches <laughs> via the sound booth, sending signals, and that's amazing. <laughs> I love it, though. All right, back to the important stuff. First John chapter 5, that you may know that you have eternal life. Isn't it amazing that we don't have to wonder or, like, work towards or... Um, trust in a pastor or priest or an upbringing or, or even like the sum of a book or the sum of some formula. If you add this, you add this, you add this, that you might be able to know if when you die that you would go to heaven or have eternal life. Isn't it neat to know that you can know that you can know that you have eternal life? through Jesus Christ and faith in what he did on that cross? Isn't that great to know? Um, I was asked this question last night um, by my birthday boy, Um, and he pulled me aside, and he asked me this question because he wanted to know for sure. He knew, and the heart of his question was this. He's like, almost as this was the heart of his question. Please don't embarrass him. I'm sorry. Like, I do this a lot. Uh, I bring up stories about my kids. But he was essentially like, Dad, is it okay that I'm like almost as just excited about going to heaven as I am about living right now? I'm like, ah, I love this guy. Ah, it's awesome. But he was essentially like, how do I know for sure? Know that I know that I know. Guys, it says it right here. In God's inerrant, perfect, holy word, it says it that you may know that who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this, we just sing about this this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. He hears us. God, God, Almighty God, Creator of the universe. Manages everything in our world. Has created all things. Controls all things. Is in all things. Made all things. Knows you. And hears you. How? How does he hear you? Because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Because of your trust in Jesus Christ, whew, that's enough to get excited about. And I think, I, I feel that, you know, if, you, if you've if you been a Christian for a long time, or maybe you're here today and you're searching and you're kind of figuring this whole thing out, um, this is great news for, for everyone. Because you don't have to... You don't have to work for your salvation. Your salvation is a gift that Jesus has given to you by His death on the cross. And you're receiving that by faith. And your response is a life surrendered to Him. Your response is a life given fully to Him on mission in relationship with Him. But we don't have to wonder where we are in our right standing with God. We don't have to stand in prayer or kneel in prayer and wonder, God, are you hearing me? It says it right here. We have this confidence that we can approach the throne room of Almighty God. We can access a holy God's throne. Sinful man can approach and enter the Holy of Holies. Because of one act of the cross. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's why, that's why Jesus is everything for kind. Of. And that's why we want Jesus to be everything in your life. It's not that he was just some really great teacher in the first century Jewish culture, and he had a lot of great ideas about living people. He was Jesus. God with skin, sent to save the world from our sin. He was literally the key, the door, the access point for eternal life. And abundant life now. And a way for God to hear our prayer now. So, where I want to go today, um, as we begin this, uh, and as you are already turning to Luke 11. Um, I want to begin this uh, series on prayer um, with literally just a basic understanding of what is prayer, and and ultimately today, the the title of today's message is How how to Pray. How to Pray. And so, for you super spiritual Christians um, that are here today, buckle up. Um, because it's a six-week series, and, um, and I, I believe that uh, fully that you're going to get a lot out of today, out of God's Word. You're going to get a lot out of where we're going today, because it's a great reminder of how Jesus teaches us how to pray. Um, but I would also say, too, if you're new to faith, maybe you're new to conduit, which I know a lot of you are. New, a lot of you are new to a relationship with Jesus. You're new to faith in Jesus. You're new. You've been baptized or you've been, began this journey um, with Jesus, and you're just learning what this is about, um, the great news is that today we're going to learn how to pray. Today we're going to learn from Jesus how to talk to his Father, how to talk to Almighty God. And the fact that we get to talk to him is because of Jesus. So you're at Luke chapter 11, and let me get there. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 says, I want everybody to see this, I believe it will be on the screen, but I do want you to see this, I want you to mark this, I want you to save this, I want you to see this with your eyes. Uh, Pastor Cameron um, is going to be speaking next week Um, and the next coming weeks as we revisit different parts of uh, this prayer. um, We're going to be reminded of not just the basics of prayer, but we're going to, actually most of this series is going to be in the Old Testament. So uh, a lot of uh, the series that we've been in the last several months and even in the last year have been in the New Testament. We're getting ready to jump into the Old Testament for, for actually the majority of uh, our year. Um, we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah for a lot of the prayer series. Really excited about that. But we felt like, um, I felt like today the beginning of this and the framework for prayer needed to be none other than Jesus saying, Hey, hey guys, this is how you talk to my dad. This is how you talk to my dad. And and I felt like it was important for us to start there. How are we doing this morning? Right on. Right on. Okay. All right, so Luke 1 says, Now Jesus, or Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying. Imagine that. He was praying in a certain place. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I love this phrase and I want to park. I wanted to, I so badly want to park right there for a second. As John taught his disciples. Imagine this for a second. You're Jesus. You and your father and and in, in your fathers, and in your, in your, in your, in the Holy Spirit created the world, and you're sent down, like, you're Jesus, right? And, and, like, prayer is, all it is is a conversation with God, your dad, right? And one of your, like, B-team, JV guys comes up to you and is like, hey, teach us how to pray like John teaches his disciples. I love Jesus' response was not a response of ego, I love that Jesus' response was not a response of ego. Get this. Especially you Christians that are in this room. And again, this is coming from a pastor. Please understand this. When we're talking about prayer, don't we dare, don't I dare, don't you dare, ever make someone feel less than you, below you, not as spiritual as you, because of not knowing how to pray, praying like you, praying as long as you, praying in a certain language that you pray in, praying in a certain way that you pray. Just, okay? Just know that if Jesus Jesus didn't do that, and he didn't get egotistical about it, then neither should we. Because if prayer, if, if you just base, if you strip all of prayer down, if today is about how to pray, if it's all about if prayer is about talking to God, think think about that. We can't over spiritualize it, and we can't make someone not talk to God because of how good we talk to God. Because God is not impressed with that. Think about that for a moment. In fact, I would argue God's like, okay, you've not lived until you've had five of your own children talk to you at once, all right? You've not lived until you've tried to, nah, hold on, bro, what? Right? Like, What do they think I am, a mom? Like, (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't compute what's happening. So sometimes you're like, but when there's disrespect with, between them, when they talk down to one another, over one another, what happens as a parent in that situation? Oh, you've been blocked. You go sit and them out. You go to your room, and now I want to, even though this, I know he's in trouble. I know he did all this, but you just did that. so He now has access. I want you to know, I'm not saying what God does when y'all start arguing and making yourself more spiritual than one another. But here's what I will say. The heart of God wants to hear from all of you. The heart of God sent his son so that it would give you and I access, all of us access, to become the children of God. And he wants to hear from you and you and you and you and you and you. And when we step in an ego and we say, well, God hears me better. Or God hears me more. How, right? how ridiculous is this? But this is what we do in Christianity sometimes, right? Do um, you know how many times? No, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> God wants to hear from you. And he wants to hear from them. And the way that we get to talk to God is through Jesus Christ, that we can have that confidence. So Jesus doesn't doesn't park there. He doesn't get caught up in them saying, teach us as John taught his disciples. Jesus simply responds with this in verse 2. He says, and he said to them, when you pray, say this. And this is what you know as the... General Lord's Prayer, it's taken in a couple different places in the Gospels. Maybe you can quote it. I won't spend a lot of time today on this, and and maybe your tradition of faith, you grew up in a place where this was, and that's great, and this was quoted in a way that was a prayer, and it is a great thing to do, and I would encourage you to do that. I'm not trying to take away from that, but today I want to um, more take it from a point of teaching rather than a point of prayer um, in a reverent way Um, that it says there in verse 2. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone. Who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation and then he, be, he begins to go on and expound on this whole um, response this whole I, I don't mean to say rabbit trail in a, in a bad way but he begins to go down this rabbit trail in, in regards to what it's like to ask God for something uh, I'm going to skip down to um verse 9, he says, I will tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If If you then, who are evil, know how to give you good gifts to your children, how much more then will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? So it's this whole idea of talking to God and He expounds, He goes down this trail of what it's like to ask your Father for something. So when you get down to the root of this, the Lord's Prayer, there's many aspects of it. But at the root of this context, the root of this conversation, the root of this teaching, the root of, of Jesus' discussion with him as the rabbi, him as the teacher to these disciples, teaching him, teaching them as John would have taught his disciples. It looks a whole lot like this is how you ask for something. Here's how you, as the person that's praying, here's how you express your desire. Here's how you express your need. To the Father, here's how you pray about that particular thing, and the Father who's hearing that loves to give good gifts. And if your Father who loves to, to give good gifts, how much more so does the Heavenly Father love to give you good gifts? And, and I think right there is where we sometimes get confused, like wait, 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 wait. God loves to give gifts. Yes, He loves to give gifts. He loves to give us things. He loves to bless us. He loves to offer things to us. He loves to clear the path of our lives. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to succeed. He wants us ultimately, though, to experience Him. He wants us ultimately, though, to experience Him. Because if you're like me, you read this prayer, you've recited the Lord's Prayer, and the thing about this prayer that sticks out to you is the part that says, okay, Father, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. What I'm seeing is give us bread. When ultimately, we've skipped over First word, Father, I come to you, Father, relationship, Abba, endearment, relationship, closeness, Father, hallowed, holy, set apart, sanctified is your name, honored is your name, holy is your name. Mighty is your name. Big is your name. Good is your name. Able is your name. We set that apart first. We set that apart first. That establishes the rest of it. And I think it's so easy for us in prayer to get right to the bread part, isn't it? I'm in the same boat. I mean, I like bread, right? or whatever it is for you, whatever you're asking for. I'll be honest, most of my prayers, if, if, if I'm being frank, most of my prayers are, I'm, I'm opening the door, or I'm beginning the prayer, because there's something I'm asking God for. If prayer is talking to God, I'm talking to God. Now there's part of that, that's totally glorifying to Him. And I'm not trying to make anybody in here feel guilty about going to God and asking for bread. Because this is what Jesus says for us to do. This is the context of what he even the rabbit trail he goes on. He's like, ask him for stuff. He loves to give good gifts. He is, and you going to God and asking for things, it's showing faith in you that he is in control. He is on the throne. God, you are able to fix and address things in my family, in my son, and my daughter, and my... You are able to help me in school. You are able to help me in my job. You are able to help this country. You are able to address things in leadership in my country, or my state, or my county, or my city. God, you are able in my body to heal. You are able to address this thing. And you are able... Like, I am coming to you in faith because I know, I know you can do something about this. So I'm not trying to make... I'm not trying to make any of us for one second feel guilty or, or, or bad about going to God about things. But first, first, we have to recognize that how to pray, learning how to pray is who are we talking to? We are talking to the king of kings the Lord of lords, almighty God, holy, holy, holy. The angels surround his throne day and night for eternity, singing, shouting, holy, 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 holy. We have no idea. We come in a building like this, or we live our lives as Christians, and it looks like this, and we looks like this and it looks like and it's really easy for us to bow our heads and we say dear Lord and we end that prayer with in Jesus name amen but in reality we have I do it too but we have to step out at times and realize that who we are talking to is ultimately on the throne of it all and he knows you and he made you and he loves you And he wants more than just to give you gifts. He wants more than to give you gifts. Um, So today is simply an overview of how to pray. That first step, these are the steps. Recognizing who we're talking to. Recognizing who we're talking to. In this case, uh, and always the case, God the Father, you're not praying to anyone else. You're praying to God the Father through Jesus Christ who's given us access by the Holy Spirit who as a believer in Jesus Christ and what He's done on the cross has filled you and dwelling inside of you. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, You... Los Angeles Rams fans will need an extra few Jesus name and Jesus name prayers today. Is it the goat or the Rams? (laughs) Shannon, I feel like you picked this church because I always refer to the, yeah. Is there any Patriots fans? Okay, good. Nobody. All right. Um, <laughs> besides one, anybody going for the Patriots, I just got a, just one, two, me and, me and Shannon, I, I've, I've jumped the wagon, I, the guy's going to win every year, come on, like, all right, um, so the last few days, um, uh, the last few days, uh, Pastor Cameron and I um, well, Let me back up a step. Uh, as you know, Conduit uh, and the leadership of Conduit, uh, starting in August, we went through a, a time of, uh, we, where we had a leadership consultant come in named Tim Belts, and he walked our leadership through a, uh, a, just an awesome time, an awesome week of um, consulting and taking the vision that we had established and honing it into a seven-year vision, uh, Vision 2025. If you've not received that, A vision brochure is in the back. We want to make sure you get that. Lots of exciting things coming. Lots of things rolling out. There's a lot of groundwork that the leadership team and our staff have been working through to get this thing to the next step, to the next step. Um, In this process, um, we had a meeting, uh, uh, a rough meeting down in Florida um, with Mr. Tim Belts. um, And uh, Cameron and I went down to, to meet with him, and, uh, we, uh, unfortunately missed the, the weather this week here, um, and, uh, I know, it was, it was a tough, tough situation, um, suffering for Jesus, you know, and, uh, we just, uh, no, um, as we were coming home, uh, last night, uh, we got home, uh, about 8, 8.30, and, uh, we were flying into Buffalo, and uh, uh, I, it was neat because the sun was setting, and I, happened, I, had my, I was at a window seat. And I had the window shade down, and um, I happened to open the shade because I noticed that we were kind of not descending yet, but we were, I knew we were getting close, and I opened the shade up, and I knew that at all these points, there, was, there were no clouds, like no clouds, whole flight. And I look down and I'm like, oh no way. Like that looks like Chautauqua Lake. Like we're flying right over it. And, and then um, I noticed like literally Chautauqua Lake and then right on the other side of Chautauqua Lake was the thickest, most beautiful, fluffy like blanket of clouds started right there like literally at the shore of the other side of Chautauqua Lake and continued literally on, right? It was the craziest thing. But nonetheless, I have a picture a little bit further down the road. This is right over Buffalo. Um, And I I took this picture um, on my phone. And again, this is maybe even hard to see. Uh, It's not... If you've been in this situation, you know it's like a thousand times better than the picture actually uh, shows. Even looks ten times better on the TV back there than it does on the projector. But it was just a glorious view. It was a glorious view. The, the, the clouds below um, were so white and thick and the sunset was just beautiful. And it, that light, that sun was lighting up the whole inside of the plane. Um, but I, at that point, we, we, I knew we were getting ready to go down and land. We were right over Buffalo and we were, we were going, we were going down, um, pretty, pretty significantly fast. And, um, I'll get to my anxiety of flying in a moment. Um, (laughs) but I'm trying to enjoy the beauty of this moment because it really was, It, it was glorious. It's hard to not be in that moment. As I know I'm going to be preaching about this, and one of the reasons I'm sharing this is because it's so fresh. I'm like, wow. This is so beautiful. Like Maybe this is what, like I know we joke about heaven not being like sitting on a cloud and playing a harp and stuff like that, but it's got to at least. <laughs> It's got, to, it's got to at least feel a little bit and, and peaceful like this, right? And it was that point where your ears are popping and I was like, kind of lightheaded and then I was like, maybe this is heaven. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's happening? No. It was so glorious. And I just had this awesome time with the Lord in that moment. There's something amazing about being in that kind of environment with the Lord. Being surrounded not just visually, but just in His presence. And that's what prayer can be. It can be that thing for you, regardless of where you're at. And that's why sometimes we close our eyes, because sometimes the environment is a distraction for what prayer can truly be in the presence of Almighty God and access through Jesus Christ. As we started that, this, this um, message with 1 John 5, just that idea of confidence before God and knowing that we have that confidence through Jesus Christ and in His presence. Um, keep that picture up for a moment. Um, Jesus taught His disciples here how to pray. In Luke chapter 11... And I want you to just listen to some of these verses. There's several of them. Um, Jesus made a practice himself when he, um, when he prayed. He he made he made a habit of something, and this is where I want you to kind of take away some practical things. I'm not going to spell it out for you, but I want you to just kind of listen what, what Jesus actually did when he prayed. Matthew chapter. 14 and verse 23 talks about Jesus, he departed to pray. After he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6:46 says, After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Another one, Luke 6, 12. It was at that time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, 35, Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went to a secluded place and he was praying there. And there's verse after verse after verse after verse in the Gospels about Jesus left, departed, left the crowd, and he went and he prayed. Sometimes for an hour, sometimes for a moment, sometimes all night. He literally left to pray. He departed to pray. He went up. He went up. He went up to pray. He went to a place where he could be alone. Now what does Jesus need to be alone for? He can do anything. He's God with skin. He can like probably jet up 10,000 feet if he wanted to. He could do anything, right? But he walked up the mountain. Or he walked over under the tree. Or he found himself in a place where he started to pray. There's, there's a place that I don't get to go to often, but there's a place that, as I've lived in this area about 12, 13 years, that I go to myself to pray. Um, you should have a place, a place in your home, maybe it's in the driver's seat of your car, just don't close your eyes, okay, it's eyes wide open. Maybe it's up here. Maybe it's a couple places. Maybe it's somewhere in your home, your garage, somewhere in your life or place that you can go, literally where you can depart to pray. It's important because this is what I want you to see. Experienced. Just as much as you and I experienced. What I experienced, and I'm I'm not exaggerating here, about 45 seconds later, about 45 seconds later, this is what I saw out the window. That cloud that we in and through and under was so thick that you would have thought, I would have thought, like, good grief, Western New York. Are you serious right now? Why do we live here? Are you kidding me? Like, an hour later, this is less than a minute. We were going down. Like, oh, it's pretty sunset. It's still light out. Oh, cloud. We're going through the clouds. Oh, this is thick. This is dark. Whoa, it's nighttime. And it's not nighttime. It's just that the clouds were so thick. All the lights were on. And I'm, I'm putting this out because of this. Jesus knew that he had to get from one place to another. He knew that when He came down the mountain, He was living in and around people and things that were dark. Things that were bringing Him down or things that needed Him or that were drawing energy from Him. He knew that. He had to get to a high place. He had to get to a place to receive more light, to spend more time with His Father so that when He got down, He got down, when he woke up, or when he opened his eyes, or whenever he stopped praying, he was able to live in this place. This is everyday life, and unfortunately, this is everyday life in western New York. This is our life. This is what it's like to have a family. This is what it's like to be married. This is what it's like to live in West New York for this moment right now where it's sunny. Yay. But there's these moments in life drawn. Our energy is drawn from us. Where we feel the darkness. Where the energy is pulled from us. Where sin and temptation is thrown at us. Where, like Jesus, all the disciples are wanting something from Him. And He had to get to a place in prayer where He could be filled. Where He could be with His Heavenly Father to be reminded of what life was really about. What intimacy was really about. That's why at times I think Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. Sometimes it was just in the morning. Sometimes it was just a little bit of time. and Sometimes he needed that whole whole night to pray. Um, Have you ever thought about this? That the very reason that... Back to Luke 11, and then I'm going to close. The very reason that um, the disciples were able to pray, the very reason that they were able to talk to God was because Jesus let them. Because Jesus invited them. The very reason that we're able to pray is because God allows us through His Son Jesus and what He did on the cross. It's because the Spirit through us is able to communicate through Jesus to God, a holy God, God the Father. He's able to give us the access we need. He's able to get us in. He gets us from that dark place, and he gets us up into that place of light. He gets us through that thickness of life, that darkness, and he brings us into a place of intimacy with God the Father. Um, there. Uh, <laughs> okay, so. Have there? Have I told you the story about? <laughs> have I told you the story about that pastor that had um, had somebody in his congregation that was a commercial air pilot, and um, um, they let um, this commercial air pilot um, let, let his uh, let his pastor fly um, a plane one time. Have I ever told you that story? Well, okay. So, yeah, this one time, um, this pastor um, decided to uh, go on a uh, flight with this commercial air pilot that was um, in his church. And the flight actually uh, was a quick flight, small plane, um, and the flight was um, happened to be empty. And so the flight was um, uh, free uh, for this uh, pastor. And... Um, um, and so, because it was free and because it was empty, um, uh, as we uh, or as this pastor was um, uh, heading out to the runway, uh, they, uh, this pilot told this pastor that, "Hey, uh, hurry, jump up, and come into the cockpit, and jump in the co-pilot seat, and you're gonna fly this baby." And um, so, this pastor did that, right? And, uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened next, I can't necessarily disclose, but um, all I can say is that um, since hearing this story, um, it's given me anxiety um, to fly um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, looking at, you're looking at me funny. Like, like who, would, who would give me the steering wheel? Who's giving me the steering wheel to fly planes, right? Um, All in all, I I just want to point out that there is no way, there's no way, and there's no way you or I could have accessed that cockpit, that seat, unless we were given access. There's no way especially in 2019. No way. That pilot had to give this pastor access. Jesus has given you access to God the Father. And without Jesus, you won't have And you will never have, for all of eternity, will never have access to God the Father, to heaven, to eternal life, but through Jesus Christ. And as crazy as this sounds, he's given everybody that access through faith in himself. Jesus has given everybody that access through the cross. You can't access that on your own. No force, no work, no pass, no amount of money can give you access into that place. We're getting ready to explore the Old Testament in amazing, exciting ways. And they talk about the temple, they talk about the Holy of Holies where the presence of God back then resided. And only a certain amount of people or priests were able to go in there at a certain amount of time, in a certain amount of way and after they bathed themselves in a certain way and were clean enough, they were able to go in a certain part of this Holy of Holies where this presence of God has resided. And when Jesus died on the cross, that that, that that curtain, that place that divided that holy place was literally ripped, like physically, like in Jerusalem, this happened, ripped in half. Like the temple crumbled and was destroyed. The place that gave people access to God was destroyed because now Jesus has given us access into the place where no one can ever go. And he's given it to each in every one of you, as it says in First John, so that you may know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Whew. That you may have this confidence that whatever you ask in His name, it will be done according to His will. So step one, today, as we close, step one, As we talk today about how to pray. Yes. Yes. Praying things in His name. Praying and asking the Heavenly Father for things. But ultimately first stepping back and saying, Who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? And how in the world do I get to talk to Him? You get to talk to Him because of Jesus. You get to talk to him because Jesus has given you access. And so if you're here today, I just want to, I want to simply ask, do you know Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Have you Placed your life in his hands. If you said, Jesus, I am yours and you are mine, th- my life is yours. I surrender it all. I believe what you did on the cross, atoned for my sins, paid the price for all the sins and all the bad things I've done. I believe that that paid the price for it. I I trust in that. And you died for my sins. And I trust that when you rose from the dead, that that can give me new And it does give me new life, not just now, but for eternity. If you've made that decision, if you've made that decision, then you are a Christian. If you've made that decision, you are on your way to following Jesus. And living like that is believing that, not just at one moment, not just praying a prayer, but it's every day believing in faith of what he's done And giving you access to the Father. Let's say you've prayed that prayer 20, 30 years ago and you've prayed it maybe 20, 30 times, right? And maybe you're in the room and you're really doubting that. Maybe you're in the room and you've done some things that really question that. Maybe you're in the room and you've been so far from church or so far from your faith or so lost, you've not picked up a Bible, you haven't prayed in years. Listen. The same Jesus knows your name and he's still giving you access and he's so glad he's so glad you're hearing me right now because he wants to hear from you he wants to talk to you he's got work to do in you and through you as simple as that and if we get that that is the foundation by which everything is built on and so my desire conduit is my challenge to you is that you would commit to the next six weeks to be here that as simple and as basic as this is that we would take a step forward, all of us, we'd take a step forward, that Jesus would be that foundation, that he would be that access point, no matter where you are in your faith, that today you'd reconnect with that access point, Jesus Christ, did you have that confidence to boldly approach the throne room of God, and you would ask him the things that you need in your life, but you'd ultimately step back and recognize that you were talking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Almighty God, the Creator of all things, and there is nothing too hard for him. And that that's our first step. And church, in the next five or the next six weeks, that we'd walk together and we would build on this. Because we're not just talking about prayer, we're talking about desperate prayer. Guys, at, at the end of six weeks, we're not, we're not hoping and praying that we just have God answer some things in our life. I I want to get to the thing that's the thing that's the thing. What does God want to do in you and through you? What does God want to do in your home, in your church, in your city? If we want God to work in this church, and we want God to plant two new churches, we want God to bridge... um, Oh my goodness. We want God to work the fastest growing church population in our county, the Hispanic community, if we want to build bridges to that, we have got to pray through that. If we want God to address the food desert issues in our city, we have got to pray through that. If we want God to bring a tidal wave of healthy, restorative marriages and marriage mentoring in our, in our church, we have got to pray through that. If we want God to raise the giving in our church, then we have got to pray through that. If we want God to do this, 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 and this, and on, and on, and on, and all these things that we walk through in our vision, and where we just went in our vision series, and we know what, what he wants to do in our own heart, in our own home, in our own marriage, in our own family, in our own church, in our own city. If we want all those things they have to be built, and I have to hit our knees to the floor, and we have to pray because he is capable to do all these things. But those are all things that he wants to do through us. First, in us. God, change my heart. God, make my heart open and raw to the things that break your heart. Are there things in my life that I need to surrender? Are there things in my life that I need to be open to? Are there things, are there relationships in my life that are broken that need to be restored? Are there things I need, there are phone calls I need to make, conversations I need to have? Are there things I need to start doing or stop doing? We have to be open to the Holy Spirit in that. So would you just stand with me as we close? The team comes up. I invite you today and I invite you always. Uh, This altar in front here is for you. It's for you to come pray. Um, you can kneel and pray, or you can kneel at your seat. Um, today is a day where um, I believe strongly that um, this, this, this message is a, a personal one. And I want you to have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ. This isn't about you praying collectively. We're going to get to that. Corporately, we're going to get to that. But today, this is about you you and the Father, you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit. And so if you need that opportunity this morning, please take advantage of that. We are always here to pray for you up front if you need that as well. Jesus, thank you for all you've done this morning. We just, I pray over this room. I pray that um, ultimately, God, as we've talked a lot about prayer that we that would step forward this week and we would make the practice of prayer a reality in our car, in our home, in the closet, in our living room, in our workplace, wherever we go, God. Whatever it is in our life that we need, show us. You're speaking to each one of us right now about that. to talk to the Father. Jesus, thank You for that. Father, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for making a way for us to be holy and forgiven because of Your holiness, because of Your sacrifice. Thank You that this off. Thank you that this offering is for all. This offering is not just for those super spiritual. I don't even think that exists. Thank you that it's for all. Every man, woman, and child that seeks you, Jesus. That believes in you, Jesus. That has the confidence to approach you. Thank you, Father. Thank you.